spidey senses tingling. Hello. For God's sake, will someone get me the Garveys? Coming this fall to Fox. Get me the Garveys crime drama. Welcome to Paper Keg Podcast. Jonesy Loves Beer was speaking just now. Writer extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Jonesy. Thank you, thank you. And for the uh, the listeners, I officially met Brad Heitmeyer, alias at Finsta or at The Real Finsta on the Twitter this weekend. Ask good feelings about Inherited coming up, so watch out for some news. We uh, also have DC historian Mark Farrington here. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. What up, guys? We are at Paper Keg North, you know? Mark's house. This is his basement. Let's be honest here. We're in the studio. Stately Math Manor. We are back. <laughs> this is where we get it done. <laughs> Like, when people talk about coming to Paper Keg to, like, listen or watch the show, mm-hmm. this is where it happens. This is where the magic happens. There's a spot by the pool table. We'll take spectators one day. It's the magic spot, as you call it. Hey. Be aware, we do record completely nude. <laughs> <laughs> Stop uh, giving away spoilers. So, the Paper Keg podcast is, uh, it's an extension of the website. You can Google it or just go to paperkeg.com. You know, we talk industry news. Uh, we talk about the books we've read. And uh, then we get into a book club book. This week, Essex County, Jeff Lemire, book one. Fell in love. It's hard not to. Fell in love with that book, and I will be gushing over it. You know, I don't always have bad things to say, Slim. I don't always need the soapbox music. I know. Sometimes I have nice things to say. It's intense when you get nice. But I'll tell you what, since Dale A is on assignment, I will be this week's podcast bad boy. Whoa. Just to let you know. <laughs> Dale Dale is on assignment this week in the bowels of New Jersey. We're back in PA this week. It feels great. Where everything doesn't get raped. <laughs> I think we just, I think we just, I think so we just hit the explicit tag in iTunes now. So uh, good one, Matt. And then we end the show uh, with your letters. Letters at paperkeg.com. Uh, it's Mark's favorite portion of the show. He reads them. How can it not be anybody's favorite? I encourage everyone to email the show with points that they disagree uh, with Mark. With it's a lot of widths in that sense. You notice we didn't get any disagreement letters. I think there was a problem with the mail server. I see. I'll be honest. At one point during the show, is Mark going to give me the $10 he owes me? What are you talking about? For the article you are supposed to post last Friday? In the news in comics. <laughs> Moving let's, on. Let, let's get into the news. Uh, we can talk briefly. We were at Wizard World Philadelphia this weekend. Saturday, specifically. We all uh, were there. Great time. Brad Heitmeyer who draws the fantastic covers for each episode of this podcast. Uh, minus two. Three, actually. He was there. Came down from Buffalo. You know, Not he, even close. Montreal. Buffalo <laughs> uh, is Buffalo, huge. Canada. <laughs> Buffalo, New York. We love it. They love the show. Uh, he came down. He knew it was going to be something special. At Fiendsta on the Twitter. It's hard for people to, you know, we say at Fiendsta on the Twitter. But no one knows how to spell that, right? F e e n s t u h. We know that on the but, Twitter. You know the, the 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 friends of the show don't. You know the people listening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just hoping that he he as a person would be half as cool as his art. He knocked it out of the park. He did. Cool he has guy great hair. And he's a, I was jealous. He's a snappy dresser. Mm. I remember when here. we were sitting at the restaurant after Wizard World, and we made some small talk with the waiter, and he said, and I quote, "I am white, and I'm a good tipper." It won me over. It was it comedic. Did. It was hysterical. We all had a good time. Come to find out later on that he did not say he's white. He said he's polite. <laughs> and, of course, he corrected me politely, thus further proving that he's right. You liked him for all the wrong reasons. He's dreamy. Essentially. He's dreamy. He's got a, a sweet set of eyes. Oh, God. So we also <laughs> met up with uh, the Garveys. They were there. Uh, someone get me the Garveys. They were there. We uh, talked shop. We talked comics with them. They, uh, they're, they're friends of the show. Uh, Mr. Connolly was there also. Um, Have you checked out his art on the Twitter yet? No. That's very good. Yeah? 
Yeah, just to break away, me and uh, at Don Garvey on the Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of got his own thing going on with his own comic, and we been emailing back and forth with some scripts and some marketing ideas. He's a, he's a good guy, good friend of the show. Nice. Just to let you know. Met, met a handful of uh, good folks is what we did. We had a, we talked comics, and we, we had brew pops. Um, the, the sad part of the weekend was Jonesy's uh, interaction with... Shane Davis, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, everything was everything was good. Jonesy, you know, tried to to meet and greet all the creators that he wanted to. Uh, Shane Davis, you know, superstar artist of Earth One. Yeah, Superman was there. Yeah, Super he, uh, nice guy on top of that, in my opinion. To you, well, yeah, we had a great yeah. talk. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you know that Shane just must not like fat people because he snubbed me as I walked by. He, you no, know, what? I was saddened by this story. <laughs> that is actually totally not true at all. <laughs> all right, I'll tell the story, though, since my music's on. I uh, I was perusing the artist alley. I just shot a thumbs up and a, hey, Phil Jimenez, I'm, an, I'm a big fan, to which Phil gave me the respondent thumbs up and was like, yeah, buddy. Well, he didn't say that, but the thumbs up communicated it all. Yeah. So I spun around the corner. To where I saw, you know, Ethan Van Skyvers. Eth, entourage. as Mark calls Eth, him. as Mark calls him. Eth, as he told me to call him, I said, or I imagined he told me. I said, big crowd, let me come back later. And then as I went to the end of the alley, I saw another Shane Davis drawing, as he is known for. I was like, hey, Shane, big fan, another thumbs up. Shane looked up at me, uh, up at me and then got his pen and went right back to sketching. It broke my nerd heart. And Twain. <laughs> you know, Shane's a busy guy. You know, he's an artist. He's doing sketches. Um, he was signing autographs for me. We had a great talk about what it was like to work with Dwayne McDuffie and Jeff Johns. Right. And, you won him over in a heartbeat. Mark. Hey, we made a connection. Uh, I'm not sure if you dropped that you were a DC historian necessarily to him. Um, I'm not positive that happened. I'm pretty just, sure he carries that air around him wherever he goes. People just know. <laughs> People see me walk in the room and just hear the Super Friends theme song start playing. Absolutely. No, but it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, could be one of the best ever, I think. Maybe the best. I agree. This in is history. A, I got married and it could have been the best day of my life. <laughs> Thank God your wife doesn't listen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's just that's just one piece of the convention pie, uh, Mark Farrington. Ooh, ooh. Anybody else uh, talk with Tony Trove? We did. Meet we up did. With that guy mm-hmm. is too good looking. Both of them, actually. Him and Johnny Zito. You guys got a little late to the show, but uh, when myself, Dale underscore A, Don Garvey, and Fiendsta arrived at the show that morning, we went to a digital comics panel headed up by the South Fellini guys, Mm -hmm. Johnny Z and Tony, and they had some good conversation about the future of digital and from the creator perspective, why it's going the way it's going. Right. Also, they had David from Comixology there. Good guy. Ah, great guy. Another snappy dresser. Didn't get yeah. to meet him, I always though. love that blazer he wears. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Comixology blazer. I think that's the, the company blazer. Do you think he walks in the office without it? Whenever he's ready to leave, he just snaps his fingers and two interns run up with the right. blazer. He, and put he it puts on his, his arms out like a T, <laughs> and then <laughs> they just go on. Uh, but yeah, we, we hung out with uh, Tony and Johnny. Their booth was packed. Packed. You know, they were giving oh, out prints be. of just uh, Johnny's artwork, uh, signed comic books. I forgot to get my copy of Moon Girl signed. Way to go. Good. I'm glad. Uh. Yeah. Mark Mark had a, an unconscionable amount of freebies that he uh, got from creators. Just because Phil Jimenez, Ethan Van Skiver, Shane Davis, and a couple other people gave me some free You can't audio. even respect them to remember their names of the free artwork you got. I got so much. Dennis Calero. Oh, they gave guy. me some free prints and signed them for me. Mm-hmm. But don't fret. Some of that stuff will be going up later for you. You guys are faithful listeners. Right. I, I forgot to mention, I did, uh, the boys down at South Fellini did a nice signature job on Moon Girl number one mm-hmm. that at some point we will announce as a kind of raffle copy mm-hmm. to a listener. Yeah. You know, from themselves, you know, written, drawn, signed. You know when we should uh, give something like that away, some kind of raffle? Is there a date in July? That I've you got might a, be thinking I've got about? breaking news right oh, now. July it. 10th. Busted. It's been in the works for a long time. The Philadelphia Comic Con, July 10th. Google it right now. Paper Keg will be there with our own table. Oh, snap. Yes, Can't July wait. 10th. It's a, it's a Sunday. 
Everybody will be there. Everyone, the entire show will be there. Um, um, you know, maybe with mixed in sprinkled, you know, local celebrities. Like Dale underscore Like Ray. Dale. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll all be there. Uh, it's, it's a smaller comic convention. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be like. Never been to this this convention, um, but we have a table. We have a banner made. We've been sending pictures out on the internets about it. Yeah. We have we have a little postcards. We're gonna have stickers. It's gonna be good times, Jonesy. You will be serenading people. I uh, there live. is plans for me to do the live versions of the letter sounder, <laughs> and uh, possibly a feather boa. I might be running out and underscoring people. No, left and right. I'm not sure if that's legal in the Ramada. Yeah. <laughs> but but July 10th, uh, we invite anyone uh, that is willing for a free high five to come by. You know what? Wouldn't it be great if we got a whole crowd to sing the letter sounder with me and then use that, <laughs> that from now on? That would be the most <laughs> surreal moment I've ever witnessed. You heard it. If you're going to Philly Comic Con, I'm putting it out there. Let's all get together and do a big letter sounder. Be there July 10th. X-Men. It's getting relaunched. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Born I that was way. born ready. Karen Gillen, after Schism, you know, Uncanny, the rumors came out, it's getting canceled. I got news for you. It's coming back. No. That same month. <laughs> with a new number one. With uh, Carlos Pacheco on art and Greg Land. The dubious Greg Land will be sticking on the title. All right. And Jason Aaron will be uh, writing Wolverine and the X-Men with... Uh, Chris Bacello. I don't like it. What? DC historian, like why don't you like this news? Yes. Is is it because you don't like Jason Aaron or his beautiful beard? Jason Aaron won me over with... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Daniel Way. My bad. Why would you, you didn't ever use compare those the same sentence, did you? Wow. I'm shutting the show down right now. If you just heard a mic drop, uh, Slim just walked out. This they, is, I've never been more disturbed on a podcast <laughs> in my entire life. I can see you just formulating the help wanted ad right now I in your head. I think we should. Uh, now, now has your opinion changed? Now that it's Jason Aaron, a little bit. Carlos is art, and I'm just not too much of a fan. Carlos on will be on, on Uncanny, right? Yeah, I didn't like. Everyone was really trumping up that point one Uncanny issue that he yeah. did. Coloring was really odd on that book too. I didn't like it that much. Who uh who did Wolverine Weapon X art? Ron Garney. Garney and Aaron should do Wolverine the X Men. I love. They it. already got it right with Weapon X. Why you love the, the Weapon X? I read. This is your you new Daredevil Bendis Malib. Well, I think it, it is. You got your Aaron. You got. <laughs> no, we never. We never no, heard we that. Never sounder. did. Oh, never the uh, you know Ron Garney actually has done an X Men title because I was rereading my old uh, floppies of the Uncanny when they were worn the leather outfits. He uh, he drew Uncanny with Joe Casey uh, on uh, words. It was very clean. I guess they're not going for that for that vibe. His art style is very clean. Did anybody read it since it was written by Joe Casey? I did read it. I, I can't stand Joe Casey now. He's a hype machine. He's like a reverse hype machine. He'll say, like, nobody wants to read. No one's going to read this, so I can do whatever I want. The only other person who had a worse run in recent X history, Chuck Austin. Mm. Oh, yeah. Abysmal. Chuck Austin, not... Yeah. Let He's, me know how long it know. takes you to get through that section of the uncanny run. It's, uh... I stopped... I think that's around the area when I stopped reading, but I kept collecting. Because remember they had that weird, uh, like, manga artist on? Yeah. With the oh, big noses? Kia something? Yeah, yeah that's, something like uh, that. that was directly, that was when um, Icepan lost his powers. And then Archangel was, they all had different costumes. Like, Archangel's right. wearing this weird. Uh, yeah, and everybody had, stupid. like, colored sunglasses that they wore. Yeah, yeah. And they gave Archangel a healing factor. That was oh, bad news, yeah. Bears. That was so right that around was... the time that Juggernaut joined the team, and mm-hmm. Archangel Warren Worthington was dating Cannonball's sister. I feel dumb talking about this. Moving on. Uh, let's just let's, let's keep it moving. I will be buying Wolverine and the X-Men by Jason Aaron. Uh, Jason Aaron, basically anything he puts out every month, he's got my monies. Uh, an interesting theory put forth by Comic Vine. They're an internet publication. I follow them on the reader. Um... One of the writers uh, was was curious about when Jean Grey was coming back. Uh, you and, mean when uh, they reveal that Hope is actually Jean Grey, and we can put that little? Can I finish? Oh, <laughs> easy, <Whoa>. bro. <laughs> um, well, Jean Grey is is back in Uncanny for now. 
You right. know, this is the age of apocalypse, Jean Grey. Purportedly never was the Phoenix. But, uh, you know, what if the schism is uh, is due in part to Jean Grey coming back and siding with none other than Wolverine? Hmm? Interesting theory. I would, uh, hmm? I would love to read that. Hmm? Do you think uh, it'll be Hope revealed as uh, no. Phoenix, or do you think uh, Apocalypse Jean will cross over with I don't know. Wolverine? I would have I liked it. Happening. I would see it as a mo- as more of a possibility if Wolverine wasn't uh, already in a new love interest relationship. Well, you know? that kind of fizzled out though with the reporter. I haven't been no, seeing no. much of that. Oh yeah, she's she's been in the Wolverine run. She's back. Mm. I mean, she, she, went in, she went into his psyche. To oh, get that's her back. right. Come that's on, right. yeah, she was sitting cross legged next to Psylocke. Mm-hmm. Um, Psylocke. Marvel Comics newsstand cannot. Wait. They are making a push for the Barnes and Noble mark. What it is? Print comics. So they're combining older issues and a type of anthology. You know, three issues in one. Three ninety nine. You know, give it a fresh coat of paint cover. Sell it. Sell it to new readers. They did that in ninety nine two thousand. Yes. Did they? Yeah, they did. What was it called? Do you remember? I don't remember it. If I can find it in the long box, I pull it out. They did it for Spider-Man. Uh, I, I want you to pull it out. I think they did the same thing for Ultimate Universe. Where it was like magazine style, like in the that, in the front there familiar. were a couple of articles, then it would break into an issue, and so or maybe sometimes two eight page stories, mm-hmm. and then it would follow up to like a an extended letters to the editor. I like it. That's a great yeah. idea. I have a couple articles about the you know current state of Marvel up front. You know, even if I'm buying the books, you know, the titles separately at the store, which I am, mm-hmm. I I'm a huge fan. Like I bought Wizard. That's how much I like <sighs> comic magazines. Yeah, the uh, someone was tweeting a picture on the Bleeding Cool that Barnes and Noble was like really pushing print comics in their magazine section. I think uh, the, with the ending of the stigma of the comic reader, I think they recognize that graphic novels are selling like hotcakes, and mm-hmm. if they can sell it for a reduced price than the local comic book shop, then why wouldn't you go to Brave New Worlds to pick up your graphic novels? Yeah. What's or, really interesting too I is mean, the way Barnes that Noble. everybody is making the slow, gradual trend towards digital. And obviously Marvel's, I don't want to say they're taking a huge step back, mm-hmm. but they're taking a step back, back towards print, and it's cool. They're collecting, they're giving me three ninety nine, and I'm getting like, what, 60, 70 pages worth of story? I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that they're taking a step back. I think they're trying, when they're starting to realize that digital is the future, and if they want to continue the print business, which everybody says print business is the big revenue stream, and digital is just kind of starting out. Uh, they're probably saying, well, we don't want to just market in local comic book shops. We want to get every market that's willing to put our product on the shelves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's how I see it from yeah. my point of I view. I think it's a great idea. I guess, I don't know. It's it's a fantastic idea. It's better than what they were doing, which was nothing. But I also have to wonder how many people still go through those magazine sections of uh, bookstores. Guilty. You do, You still do? Guilty. Yeah. Every time I go with my wife to Braves, uh, no, I keep calling it Braves. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. She goes to get her, you know, her newest book for her book club, and uh, I peruse the magazines, and everything catches my eye. I you don't purchase. let your wife buy uh, her book on your iPad, and she can read it on her on your iPad. She's not to touch this. She knows. That. <laughs> I let my wife uh, buy books on the iPad. Oh, well, good for Did, you. You know, you that's that a healthy marriage, marriage right there. <laughs> that's the key to a healthy marriage. Didn't you get your wife an iPad? Uh, no, we ended up selling the the first one. Ah, yeah, you know, you need diapers iPad money equals diapers. Wow. You were formula, it's, bro. It's either that or, you know, cloth diapers that we wash. You're getting responsible in your old age. Who are you? <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of digital comics, you know, this is this is brand new. Almost breaking news. Not really. Hit me. No one's talking about it. Flashpoint Digital Deluxe, number well, one. What? Yeah. What you ever it? heard about this? I haven't no, heard about tell it. Tell me. You seen this? Uh, the DC Comics app. Uh, DC put out... A uh, a ninety page version of Flashpoint number one that included the script and the pencils of the issue. How much are we talking? Three ninety nine. I like it. Wow, it's a good price point for ninety pages. Ninety pages. That's a great price point for ninety pages. Uh, I almost bought it, but I you know I didn't want to buy Flashpoint. Is that in the comics app too, or just the DC app? Uh, probably both. I would think both. But it was under the radar. You know, they they tweeted about it and uh, you know see our articles about it. I thought about doing one, but I forgot. Um, it's good. I'll do it, but nobody will read it. <laughs> Work in Superman is dumb in there. The comments won't explode. I know. Jim will start plotting the bomb my house. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, you know, it's 
I think it's a fantastic idea. I think they should do that with every issue. Every issue should include the script and the pencils. And that should be just included in a digital copy for the two ninety nine. God, you know how many DVDs I bought way back when just yeah, for the extras special and the features bonus right scenes? there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Boom. You know, people complain. You know, I'm happy that the the digital are you know coming out and they're the same as print. Uh, it's the same day, but some people are still worried that like, well, I'm not. I don't actually own the files, so they're whining. You know, I don't want to pay the same price if I don't own it. And I'm sure if they threw in the original pencils and the script. And keep it the same price. I think that would sway some people. Yeah, I definitely actually hearing you put it that way. That is a win because I, I'm one of the majority that will say, you know, why am I paying the same price and I can't put that in a bag and a board? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm paying for the rights to read your book and I'm not getting anything, but i got to pay the same price right. as the Joe who spent the gas money and then picked up and got a print copy. Mm-hmm. The only the only <laughs> worry I would have would... <laughs> you all right? You're I'm just... good. I'm all right. I'm all right. Um... The only thing I would worry about it would be file size. You know, the 90-page book. The general digital comic is like 15 MBs to 20. You know, if you're throwing in triple that on a monthly basis, I think it could uh, get up there in size in the old iPad or your device of choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that debate with you and Gallagher today. With the, with the David I'm surprised you didn't say Twitter fight. No, that's no, your, that's your usual. Well, I got called to the carpet on it, so <laughs> I went. To go. Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't know what started, but David Gallagher of of uh, Fox High Thirteen, Moon High Moon. Uh, he was what was what was his first comment that I had replied? Uh, I think uh, I don't actually even think it was an argument. I think I just I, exaggerated. He said, but, uh, "Oh yeah, no." He had replied Jim Lee, I think, saying that uh, the double page spreads still aren't you know. They're they're better in print, you know, than the iPad. And I I replied, I, I said, you know, when the iPad gets a Retina display, I really think that argument is like void, because any even on a an iPhone four reading a comic, you can you can read a comic on an iPhone four screen and without any issue. And I have. And imagine an iPad screen with that resolution. You know, any any complaint that anyone has about word balloons is is gone essentially. I think. What was his response to your comment? Um. He he made a an illusion that um, there are more people. Not everyone not everyone uh, buys comics just using an iPad or there's other devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he's been tweeting about he has a Nook, which I, I don't even think they make anymore. To be honest, I'm not positive, but uh, people root, uh, meaning they unlock uh, Barnes and Noble Nook because it's like a color tablet and you can put the Comicsology app on there and read Got comics. It. Got it. Um, and it's such, you know, comics, comic buying on a tablet is such a niche thing that I think people that read comics on a nook are even smaller percentage than that. And that's I what I kind of got to try to tell him my point of view. But so, but he does know, he probably knows more, uh, about, you know, sales than I do because a lot, most of his series are really digital only. So yeah, box 13. Which so I'd is... love to pick his brain about some things and w- maybe we'll do that at NYCC. Who knows? Well, we yep. we got we're running out of time. We are running out of time right now. We got to move on. Keep How are we moving out of time? We've been talking comic, for like ten minutes. Comic talk. Who wants to go first? What are you reading right now, Mark Farrington? <laughs> oh, you had me. <laughs> you know why he did that? Yeah, he did that because I pointed to you. He did. Oh. He did point at you. <laughs> what am I reading? DC historian Mark Farrington. We will flip the script. And go to Marvel. Oh my! Ultimate right. Spider-Man <laughs> number. That's an old '90s term. No, Good. I I got it. Good okay. heavens! Ultimate Spider-Man number one fifty-nine. Okay. Brian Bendis penultimate chapter of the death of Spider-Man, and this issue had it all. It opens up with Peter Parker bleeding, based off his battle from Ultimate Comics Avengers crossover. Right, right. Know. When he got shot. Yeah, he got shot. He makes his way home. To find the remains of the Sinister Six standing on his doorstep, Hmm. ready to fight. He is unmasked. He is bloodied. He is tired. His allies are down. And he's got to go to work on them. He takes out two of the members. He gets overwhelmed. He gets beaten in the street. His neighbors run out and see him unmasked, taking pictures and calling him by name. Secret identity is blown. Aunt May and Gwen are off somewhere crying upset. Oh, no. They get the phone call that Peter's in trouble, or I think Peter is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and he's in trouble on your doorstep. They come zooming back in to help. 
the That's ish good. has hit the fan in this issue. Wow. I loved it. It's Bendis at his best actually doing some action for a change. And so often when it comes to events, we're promised the world. Everything's going to change. No going back. We see it and hear it so much, it doesn't even register anymore. Right, because we know he's going to die, so I guess he's, he can just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks at this point. Exactly, and he is throwing it all, everything at the wall. This issue, for the first time in a long time, it makes me excited to actually see what's going to happen in the next chapter. Hmm. I've lost that thrill. I've become jaded. Jonesy looks like he's got something to say. I, I just been mulling that over. Uh, <laughs> when you said that... Um, Bendis way to do action for a change and we all break Bendis's chops over that but like Mark you are absolutely right I can't remember the last time that Bendis did a fight scene that wasn't Daredevil and Maleev you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah I I, I read this issue as well and I, I definitely like the reveal with Aunt May being a BA at the end of the issue. Oh, dear God. Nice save. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I it's been so long since I read the first Sinister Six in the Ultimate Universe 10 years ago that it was like a big flashback watching that fight scene. And it's going to be interesting where they're going to take it from here and if Bendis is going to be able to reinvigorate Ultimate Spider-Man by telling the story. I, I mean, as a jaded you know, Ultimate Universe fan, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I'm going to forget about this in five months. But whoa, you know, hopefully Bendis turns me on my ear. Life and, spoiler, life spoiler at Mary <laughs> Sale. So, um, how's how's Bagley's art? Is it Bagley? 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 Bagley's art is kinetic. Wow! Wow! Look out. Ooh, energetic. Somebody let me check get, out the big brain on math. Let me get yeah. Urban Dictionary up right now. Words with friends, guys. Mathastic eighty two. Hit me. No, it's uh, Bagley's art is good. It's back up him. to par. It's up to par. It's up to par. Well, it's that's, good. I think that's you know he can probably do a kinetic. He could probably do three issues a month. That Bagley. There are certain characters I think that the deep fans, whenever they think of a certain hero, they picture one person penciling them. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of peas in that sense. The uh, the the earliest Spider Mans that I can remember that I read were Bagley. That was on the Amazing Spider Man. Right. That was back in the era when they killed Aunt May and the chameleon brought back his parents in the early 90s. Yeah, I remember Punisher was in an arc, uh, Night Thrasher was in it, and they fought against this guy that was turned into some kind of cyborg. I don't know, it was was awesome. Silvermane? Maybe. There was a guy that had like a cannon for an arm. It was some black guy, do you remember that? No, I don't remember. Whoa, slow your roll. And and then at the end of the arc, he had his arm torn off. So he had like this super awesome prosthesis. Workable legs. Did he have a workable arm? And now that's going to bug me because I want to find out what the that arc was called. It had a number in it. Maybe it was sinister. It wasn't Sinister Six. It was something uh, else. Now it is going to bug you. You'll remember yeah, when the show's over. Uh, let me Google it while Jonesy talks about his book. I'm going to go. Uh, this came out a couple weeks ago in the solicits. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about Irredeemable 26. Uh, week to week, usually I have uh, nothing but praise for this book, but. It's starting to lose its steam. Oh, no. Just as I think this uh, Plutonian in the alien prison arc is starting to run its course, and maybe he needs to wrap it up, like, next issue. (laughs) And, I mean, it looks at the end like he's going to. I'll I'll give you a brief synopsis. When you say wrap it up, and I'm sorry to cut you off, you're talking the storyline or the series? No, no, no. Just this Plutonian is in prison storyline. Because, you know, at this point, we're all waiting for him to go back to the Earth and wreak some more havoc. And maybe by issue, you know, mid-30s, maybe Mark Waid will have an inkling to bring it to an end. Because, right. you know, I'm thinking that he'll have one more good fight left in him before he find a way to get rid of him. I'm mm-hmm. thinking it's the um, the Plutonian candle from, like, seven or eight issues ago. You remember that? That they forged into a bullet and never fired? Yeah. Is that right, yeah. Bill? I'm thinking that'll be the thing that finally gets him. But um, this issue, issue 26... Is Plutonian still making a way through his through his prison and finding a way out, and along the way recruiting this um, army of other insane superhero villain types? Uh, surprise! I guess it's not a surprise since it's been out for three weeks. But at the end, Modius pops in along with the uh, trench coat. 
superhero. <laughs> and, and I believe his name is Trenchcoat Superhero. <laughs> yes. T.S. they call him in the book. <laughs> but uh, they appear in the alien compounds, um, I guess, war room, and they're like, we're here for Plutonian because mm-hmm. we're going to somehow save him and make him good again. Right. Although, if you've read every other issue of Irredeemable, like, Plutonian is very deeply troubled and probably just can't get automatically saved. Mm-hmm. So, I hope, I you know what, I hope, in, ooh, I need my straw device. I'm most red line. I know. I, um, I think Plutonian at this point is irredeemable. That's why the series is called that. And I hope the characters try to, I hope they they take it out like this and I think Mark Wade has something like this plan all the characters think that Tony is just um, you know underneath this Modius's control and he can really be saved and redeem himself and be the Superman of this universe again and at the end just really be duped by the fact that Tony is just like a nut job with these incredible powers mm-hmm. and uh, that's here at Double 26 Thanks for that, Jonesy. And speaking of which, I just realized uh, the numbering of that amazing Spider-Man. It was in the 350s. Oh, yeah? And Nova was in it, too. Could and it Moon possibly Knight. Been, you know, I remember, too. Was yeah. it 355? I think it was. Yeah. We didn't pause the show to look it up. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? I owe it to the listeners to say that <laughs> whenever Slim wants to know something, he seamlessly pauses the show that was, and Googles it. He doesn't have a big brain. That's, just not, to let you know. that's not true. That was only the, that's the very first time I ever paused it. No, it's one of the benefits out. of being an editor or a producer. You can appear Absolutely. to look smart. When you go research. In Let's... fact, we have an intern right now that he just slapped and demanded <laughs> to go in the other room and Google that. Deadly Genesis. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Oh, yeah. I remember the Twitter fight you and McElhenley got in about it. McElhenley, um, he hates everything. He hates everybody. And he likes to proclaim it on the Twitter. So I just let him, you know, let him have it. Let him just, Can't you know. Control, bruh. Let him put, him put himself in front of a mirror and talk about what he hates. Um... Deadly Genesis was a miniseries uh, around the era where Brubaker started writing the X-Men title. Yeah, Brubaker. This uh, revealed the story that Professor X um, had a team that went to fight the island of Krakoa before the giant size new X-Men number one. You know, Wolverine, Thunderbird, Nightcrawler. He assembled that team to go help them. Was this the same storyline that finally revealed the third Summers brother? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that noise for, huh? He said, eh. Yeah, just making sure I'm keeping up. <laughs> I don't have a pause Summers button. There, there, they, yeah, he was a member of the second X-Men team. Way back in X-Men number 26 by Scott Lobdell, and I think that was in the Fabian days. No, that's a, a different Summers brother that has been retconned. They did a typo. Uh, or Sinister was talking to Scott and did a typo and said, you're brothers. And that launched this whole fanboy flame, I don't know. Yeah, can't hearing a lot word. of F words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a lot of alliterations there, tonight. Yeah, so this Deadly Genesis, uh, Sylvester, Mark, did the covers. There's a fantastic one. Uh, you know, this is when Banshee died. I'm not sure if he's still dead in the comics. He is. Uh, is, he? is he? I think his wow. daughter is maybe has re, has uh, taken the Banshee name. Um, but the you know the art was the I, the the artist is now blanking on me. But he did. Um, damn it, I can't remember. But he did the first two or three issues, and then they had to get a fill-in artist to do uh, break to do finishes. He did he did the breakdowns, and they had a different artist. I think it might even Scott Eaton. Um, so it completely you know, changed the, the miniseries for me back in the day when I read it. The reason I bring it up now is because the Marvel app started selling uh, this miniseries, so I picked up the first three issues. Comics has got it, too. Comics Does it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I haven't used that app in a little bit. I've been sticking in the publisher um, apps. It's it's easy because um, I've been trying to look for stuff. I hadn't, didn't even read that much this week, and most of what I read was indie books, uh, like Image, because the comics app is it's hard to sift through like the new releases a lot so i go into the individual publisher apps to see uh, okay. to break down you know the, their new stuff so deadly genesis burbaker yeah it was it's it brings a lot of fond memories to me you know philip tan was it philip tan who did it no he did the storyline where the third summer's brother entered uncanny x-men that's, that's where i right. kind of drifted off because 
Brubaker went into the Shi'ar Empire run, which is uh, like, yawn. Yeah, pass. Yeah, I'm not interested in that much. I even passed it when they tried to do Shi'ar in the Ultimate Universe. Ugh, I think I might have stopped reading around then. Yeah, I remember when... Uh, who was that? Was that? Do you remember who wrote it? Kirkman? Vaughn? Probably no, Kirkman. Kirk, it was Kirkman. And I remember it, it was a whole thing where Lilandra was the leader of a cult, and they were all oh, left yeah, at a phoenix, and... Yeah. I was. Big, I think I did one of these. Yeah, because they never really got a superstar artist after Finch left. I agree. I know Stuart Eminem jumped on it, but his art style changes every time he does a project, and I wasn't a fan of that art. Agreed. Tell you, best thing Eminem ever did was Superman Secret Identity. I believe it. We should do that book again one day. Let's do it every week. <laughs> Rotate uh, between that and Bendison Leaves Daredevil. You know it. You can do your own podcast where you just talk about that that run for all just of eternity. Email me that sounder, would you? You should do a podcast where you just do each issue as an episode. <laughs> and it's just like you on the toilet with a microphone. <laughs> you just Okay, read so I'm turned into page eight, guys. Are and you guys, this is what I'm looking at. Yeah, are you guys with me right now? Oh, my God, are you feeling this? <laughs> Mark Farrington, what are you reading? Back over to D.C., Flashpoint. Wonder Woman and the Furies, number one. That's a long title, huh? Ooh. It's a long title. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Was it that interesting of a title? It's just long, I think. That's Jonesy's that's a long title noise. <laughs> ah. Now, uh, now, Wonder Woman is kind of like a mass murderer, right? Is that what's she, happening? She is. Um, the backstory for the Wonder Woman and Aquaman in Flashpoint series is they are at war. Aquaman, Wonder Woman invaded Europe. Wonder Woman has taken it over. Mm. Aquaman responded by flooding Europe and killing most of the people on that continent. Because that was the right thing to do. It was a natural that's reaction. And so at this point, that's the backstory. The book opens up explaining how it happened. It's a flashback tale showing Diana, or Wonder Woman, back in her teenage years, how she left the island. She didn't have the contest, which she had in modern continuity. She just kind of left as an inexperienced teenager who wanted to see the world. Got in some trouble while she was on her boat. A sea beast attacked her. Aquaman saved her. He, they kind of had a thing for each other. Aquaman returned. You mean they did it? They didn't do it. Underwater. They kept it PG. Wow. Good for Aquaman. Aquaman returns her back to he Paradise Island. Some. A guy like that, blonde hair, blue eyed. You think he didn't get laid? He's like pathological, then Aquaman. Plus the artist that draws him is a scam artist. You know, what? Rips Look, off Nick, that Andy Kubert. Remember don't, that? Don't get him all started again. He'll go on for hours. Go Moving paper, on. Paper cake 11. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, basically long story short, after they meet, they decide that it would be in Atlantis and the Amazon's best interest for them to join forces, become an alliance, and become a superpower. And they have their royal arrogance inside that they want to rule the world and make sure that the world is benefactors of their benevolent, arrogant rule. Mm. At the day of their wedding, you learn that people are opposed to it on both sides of the marriage. There's a secret plot to kill Diana at the altar. My word. Things go awry. Diana's mother, the queen of the Amazons, get killed. It turns out to be a secret plot between both camps, thus igniting the biggest war the DCU has ever seen. Well, you this mean, universe. This universe. This universe. How can an Amazonian just be killed like that, the mother? I thought they were all badasses. They are badasses, but I guess... She on the pot? No. Nah. What happened? Shot her in the back. <laughs> she was listening to Jonesy's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, she knew what I was up. I think it should be called On the Pot. <laughs> this podcast writes itself. It was good. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking about potential sounders for on the pot. <laughs> and back to the book. Yeah, the Furies. So, will you be picking up the? Uh, was it? Is it three issues? It's three issues. It's written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, who mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of. You love them to death. Everything they do is pretty good. You know, you've been following that creative team for a while too. Right back in '94 when they did Avengers West Coast. I love their Legion know. run from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It's callback. Yeah. <laughs> Find me an issue number. I will. Um, one point I can't stress enough about this book is I find that with a lot of event books, when they have their little side projects, I find the side projects are more interesting than the actual main event book. Because mm. in the main event, you're trying to cram so much into that story, you can't flesh out your details and your characters. Right. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll no, no, no. It's in. fine. And... 
this is hands down probably the best Flashpoint issue spinoff that I've seen just wow. for the depth in the story. Highly recommend it. Tall but words. To your point, like in an event like this where it's going to be like an in a massive remix, um, it, you know, the main book is trying to like draw these splinter books together to like try to tell a congruent story. And when you're doing an event to sell issues, so you make 10 tie-in titles, your main title often becomes like confusing garbage. Mm-hmm. But the the all-star creators you get to tell these little side stories often become more compelling than the main story you're trying to tell. Well said. I completely agree with you. And now that I think about your point, you're absolutely right. Of course. When I you know, get to the main... always right. Except for one... This, wait, wait, wait. Is this the one... Mark it down, folks. The one time I was right. I think the I think you're you're often correct with opinions, but in terms of statistical of facts, facts <laughs> about the history of comic books or anything involving issues, always wrong. Let's uh, try to let's try to change course right now, Jonesy. Right, what okay. what is your what's on your list right now? This could be your last book. We're running out of time. We gotta That's keep okay. it going. Um, X Factor two twenty. Whoa! All right, let me explain to you why I picked it. Huh? Uh, I was a huge fan of the X-Force run. Uh, you know, the original one, Cyclops is like, yeah, I need a team that will just F-S up. Mm. Wolverine, put together your best trackers and killers. So Wolverine recruits Wolfsbane. Yes, I know of her. 30-year-old thir- odd character in the in the U. Rain? Rain. Sinclair? Ron? Sinclair? Rain. It's pronounced Rain. Oh. Scottish werewolf. Her mutant power is the ability to turn into a werewolf and back. No, you're wrong. Kind of like a female teen wolf. You're wrong. Ron. No, it's Rain. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> Farrington! Anyway. <laughs> Farrington, don't say. Anyway. Get me the Garveys. They know I'm right. Get me the Garveys. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> I just heard 30 people unsubscribe from the show. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Rain returns uh, from ex- her time in X-Force back to X-Factor. Uh, in the meantime, she has you know, been knocked up by the this Asgardian god's love child. Thor? No, no, no. Some, not Femris Wolf. Loki. No, it's some Odin. wolf god. Stop right now. You know, you're the one holding me up here, Slim. So, and it goes on. She comes back. She finds out that. You know, Richter and Shatterstar have this, you know, man-love relationship going on. Good for them. Um, and Rain, you find out, is, like, devoutly Catholic. So this is, like, deeply disturbs right. her. So the reason I, I read this issue is because I kind of wanted some resolution to that storyline. Because in X-Factor, she was kind of broken up by the fact that she cheated on Richter to get knocked up by this god. And then now she comes back and, you know, like, oh, you know, wants to get back with him and finds out that he's in this homosexual relationship with mm-hmm. Shatterstar. So it's like it's very like, you know, young and the restless and X Factor. So I wanted to, you know, see the resolution to that storyline. And uh through the issue, which in itself like didn't really blow me away. Like you could tell that they were trying to really reach out to homosexual fans to kind of make it like, you know, okay, we have a book that you can relate to and we're gonna tell an action packed story that maybe you you know and I thought this might be the best issue that have that has dealt with those issues and really made it palatable for all audiences. Mm. So, you know, X Factor two twenty, go pick it up. No matter what you feel about anything, you're gonna be entertained by this issue and I, I liked it a lot. Tall praise from Ad Jonesy Love Beer. One Love question Beer. about the X Factor series. Sure, sure. The cast, the team. Yes. Is Layla Miller still in that book? You know what? Hang on. I have the issue of my stack here. Layla Miller. The girl from the um, early 2000s. House of M. Who, she, yeah, House of M. Thank she you. She knows not everything. make an appearance in this issue, so I do not know if she's on the team. Just wondering. Um, I'll have to get, you know, off the record, I'll see what the roster is. Off the record? Off the record. Get on that. Um, I'm going to give two books right now before we oh, get into Hang Essex. on. Written by Peter David. So just so you know who did that. Mm, Pad. As he likes to be called. That's a fact. He's right. Mm-hmm. Which one? Me or Jonesy? Jonesy. Both. Okay. Both, bro. Um, Reed, Gunther, and Science Dog. Two separate books. Highly recommended by moi. And they're in the uh, Image Comics app. Uh, go read them right now. Reed Gunther is a uh, fun little break uh, from Cape Comics, I said on the Twitter. Uh, it's a fun romp. 
if you will. Uh, very fun cartoony animation. And Science Dog is a character by Kirkman um, that uh, originally showed up as a you know a back story in the in like uh, Invincible twenty five and fifty, and then uh, seventy five. There was a back issue, so the first issue was two issues combined into one. It's just fun, you know. Dog evolved a thousand years into a you know kind of man dog, and his uh, mug, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, and he's you know he's got this team of buddies, you know they're they're out there you know solving solving problems, you know. He's a, he's like an Indiana Jones character, and he's a dog man. Whoa, I'm on an Indiana Jones character. Indiana Jones character, dog man. What more do you need? Does yeah. he drive around in a van solving crimes and helping people learn you life know, lessons you know, along I'm, the way? You know, I'm insulted. What? By that comment, Why? you know, not every dog that solves crime is Scooby Doo. <laughs> it was a simple question. Okay, all right. Essex County, Jeff Lemire, absolutely fell in love with this book. I think we are all in love with Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire knocks it out of the park again, and we will tell you why. <laughs> right after this break. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, you know, this is this is one of his earlier works. You know, he's Canadian. You know, the Canadians That's love okay. him. That's okay. I love Canada. I love hockey. So me and him should be bros whenever we meet. Uh, let me pull up my notes here on the old... Uh, Jonesy, can you give a synopsis on the Essex County book Sure, one? Sure. Essex County chronicles uh, the life of a young Canadian boy who uh, his mother passes away due to the cancer. And before she passes away, she gives him this superhero mask costume that he is, you know he loved it as a child. And uh, he wears it all the time to remember her. And he, you know, he feels that by using his imagination, uh, you know, that kind of connects him in a way to his mother's memory. So it's about, all about him, you know, living by himself. Basically, he lives with his uncle who who has never, you know, wanted to have children and never, you know, expected to ever take care of one. So on one side, there's like the, you know, the the friction between their relationship and um, the you know the young boy's story of of wanting to, you know, be a superhero and be a kid and play and not have that support to go home to. So, and then he makes friends with this um, uh, gentleman from a gas station who gives him a free comic book, and then they kind of develop this friendship. And yeah, he was a he was a hockey player. He got injured. Uh, he got like a pretty strong concussion his very first game. Um, and you know he they they form a relationship where that Lester doesn't have with his uncle Ken that is that is taking care of him, and um, you know and, and the relationship blossoms onward as Lester and his uncle become more and more estranged, mm-hmm. and their relationship becomes tenser. He finds escape in his friendship with this gas station owner. Right, and I loved how the book was broken up into seasons. I like yeah. that too. Fantastic. Yeah, that is great. The, the I think the big things that I pulled away from the book, other than uh, it being amazing, um, Lemire's art is so, and not as an insult, but crude in this book. But yeah. it, you, you, it, it's not distracting, and it it almost pulls you into the book more because it's so it's so simple in its overall design that you know you can't help but just be totally into the story there's no distractions whatsoever you know what it read to me as if the the cat what's the boy's lester lester as if lester himself were writing and drawing this comic book and uh it seems so autobiographical that like it my it tugged at my heartstrings mm-hmm. like if lester was 30 years old and it learned to draw a little bit and decided to make a comic journal about his years growing up this would be the result. Like I, as soon, when I flipped it open, I knew it was reading for the show. And usually, I try to read the book of the week slowly so I can take notes. I literally took no notes and read it cover to cover. Right. I couldn't put it down. So good. The yeah. um, the you know, and something I fell in love with on Sweet Tooth was the Lemire splash page. <sighs> so many great, you know, single panel, full page uh, art. Just like you know, you just sit there and look at it for like a minute. Because it's so good. Yeah. So fantastic. The one uh, that I wrote, um, let me see if I can find it, uh, where Uncle Ken asks Lester if he wants to, He, you know, he's like, oh, I thought we could go out and get burgers. 
and uh, you know they show him meeting up with um, Jimmy instead. He's like, "No, I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't go out with you tonight. I got homework to do." And he really goes to hang out with his 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 new older friend Jimmy at the at the creek, you know, so they could play, they could pretend, you know, the alien invasion is coming. And they show Uncle Ken kind of, you know, just like, you know, sitting in the barn with his with his foot up on the tractor, just kind of yeah. standing there, like that was going to be his night, you know, he, he that was his effort to to connect with with Lester. And, and he was it, crushed. Yeah, I was like, ah, yeah. And there were a lot of moments like that too. Like there was a couple scenes when they were at the dinner table, and he'd ask him if he wanted to watch the hockey game. Oh God, that one was oof. And that one hurt me. As a dad, four, it's got to tug at your heartstrings, oh doesn't it? Yeah, it's a four-panel page. The first one is, or it's all of them eating dinner. Uncle Ken asks him if he wants to watch hockey that night. Second panel, nothing but silence. Third panel is, I can't. Can I be excused? Uncle Ken getting says, teary. "Sure." Getting teary right now. And the fourth one, he leaves, and his uncle's just standing <laughs> He's there. He's not kidding. Shocked. He is getting teary. <laughs> I mean, there was all jokes aside. There was no way to read this and not be moved. Yeah. Lester's a 10-year-old kid, and don't get me wrong, I had a happy childhood, um, but this really brings back any feeling of loneliness a kid might have had, or using comics or fantasy to escape. You see it in this boy's adventures. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it was just moving. And Lemire's art conveys so much emotion that I think I mentioned this when when I first reviewed Sweet Tooth number one. And I can't remember if that was Paper Keg or the old comics podcast, but mm-hmm. I, I had said that, you know, uh, I could easily take all the word balloons out of Lemire's books and read it as just art and still feel the raw emotion that he's trying to convey. Mm-hmm. And he's just spectacular. So spectacular. I can't wait to read the other volumes. I only had one beef with the book. Whoa. Get out right now. The show's over. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You notice how you yet to get a letter with anybody disagreeing me with me? With you? With disagreeing me. you? Disagreeing we'll, we'll with me. We'll see about that. Well, well, tell me I'm wrong on I'm this calling one. out to the to the friends of the show right now to email. Uh, okay. What's I'm, your beef? Let's hear your beef. Ask I'm Mark about it. his latest article on papercake.com. Leave it alone. Womp <laughs> womp. You're wrong again, Jonesy. Beef. Did you post it? Did you just post it? Let him say Sorry. his beef. <laughs> My beef with the book is it was... So simple, so well-written, and so engaging. Like Jonesy, I try to read it slow and take notes with this. I blew through this 100-some-on-page book in a half hour, mm-hmm. and it was just that engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, for the price you're paying for the book, I kind of want something that I can sink my teeth into and really enjoy and maybe stretch out for a longer period of time. I promise you, once you start this, you will finish it in one setting. Go slim. I uh, I agree. But I think that this is a book that will stay with you longer than any other book that had more content inside of it. Agreed. I, yes, okay. I don't no, think, he, I, I don't think it was what? ready for you to agree with I that. just wanted to uh, ride his, uh, what do you call Coattails. it? Coattails. on that one. You know, I'm not going to remember House of M in a couple of years and be able to tell you about how much it touched my life. But chances are, five years from now, I'll be like, if you haven't read Essex County, one, you're not a human being with a heart. Two, you don't understand what comic book means. And three, you're an idiot for not having read it. Like, that's how much it touched my life. I think this will be joining the echelon of books that I give I just to, about to say it. non-comic readers. Yeah, it has to be. I gave um, uh, B underscore Corto uh, Day Tripper. You know, she's not a big comic reader. Oh, Day Tripper. She, she read it, loved it, and then she... Uh, I think she got Day Tripper as a gift, and so now she has her own copy. She she reads it all the time, loves it. That's one of those runs where like I like perennially will read it just to remind myself how good it is, and I'm going to do the same thing with Essex County. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, if they come out with, I don't think they have a hardcover available, but if they have a hardcover with like a letter from Lemire telling everybody like where, how this was inspired, I will get that hardcover and like. Leave it out on a coffee table. How great was the part of the book where his own art uh, as a kid was added into the book? Yeah, wasn't that oh, the lesser, so the less character showed uh, Jimmy his his comic book that he wrote, and it was it was a Jeff Lemire book that he wrote when he I think when he was a nine, yeah. and he added it into the book as if it was lesser. It was awesome, fantastic. It was incredible, and I can't agree with you more that this is in the upper echelon of oh, you want to try comics. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not always guys flying in laser beams. Like, there is content. Oh, yeah. It oh. is an art form. Yeah. And substance. And the thing I love about this book, 
not only will I do the same thing you're going to do, Jonesy, and read it perennially, but I feel like I can read this in different stages of my life and get something different from it. Oh, absolutely. I'm not a parent Right on the nose. I'm not a parent. I don't have children, but I envision my relationship with my father. Uh, When I am a parent, I'm sure I'll look at this and see it completely different Mm -hmm. and love it just as much, if not more. Can we get into spoiler territory right now? Go ahead. Do it. Um, Fast forward maybe a minute right now. This is your warning. Um, The first read-through, I completely missed the connection at the end with the Jim Jimmy character, the hockey player. Really? Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Like The second time I read it, I was like, how did I miss that? Like what was what, I doing? Wow. I must have just zoomed right through it, and then like the second reading was when I when I finally you know uh, realized it. I was like, God damn! Now I gotta ask you guys something, and this might be a spoiler question, so fast forward a minute. But um, the last scenes in the book, when Jimmy and Lester were playing at the creek, mm-hmm. and they had their battle with the alien invaders uh-huh. and again guys that'll make more sense when you read it yeah right did jimmy actually die though that, that scene did confuse me the, the second no. time around i don't think i don't think he did i think it's only confusing because the their imagination you know was shown for the first time on the page right so it was kind of hard to see you know how it was pl- being played out in real life but i guess maybe the symbolism was he was letting go you know, was he letting go of the past at that point? You know, the symbolism of him, you know, Jimmy on the board on the, in the river. Yeah, I thought that for for that moment, you know, Lester, that's almost that moment for us when we put our toys away and we weren't, you know, we were adults and we wanted something else. Like that was Lester's moment where he transitioned out of, out of his traditional tri- uh, childhood mm-hmm. into being a young adult. That's how I read it. And Jimmy was, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but what he represents and who he really is, you know, Lester is putting that section of his life away and he's ready to move forward and then have a relationship with Uncle Ken. I mean, uh, this book was just utterly amazing. And and not only the symbolism that didn't hit, hit you over the head, but let you slowly discover it along as you're reading. No, this Jeff Lemire in this book, he definitely subscribed to the theory of less is more. He didn't beat you down with the metaphors and the allegories. And we're not spoiling anything when we talk about that ending of potentially him dying because his execution in this book was flawless. Can't praise it enough. I mean, oh, God. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. For the record, I have never opened a single single letter. I don't know why. <laughs> Second half. <laughs> uh, last thing I'll say on, um, and I hate when it just ends like that. We gotta extend that. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll be buying Essex County whenever it is released digitally too. I agree. Can't wait. Agreed. This is the section of the show. Where we read your letters to close it out. We got some good ones this month. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, uh, if it's too long, we'll cut it. We'll snip it up a bit. If don't it's tr- take that If ass. it's trash, love you. I'll throw it in the garbage can. <laughs> Maybe. Just kidding. Mark, what do we got this week? First one's coming up to us from Nikki Bonds, who's saying he's new to comics. What event do you think is worth going back and reading? Side note, awesome show. Thank you, Nikki. I think he was talking to me specifically. I'm not sure if he mentioned you by name, Mark. Do you want to pause that and email him and find out? Because we can wait. We've got time. You're a good editor. Amazing Spider-Man 350. Check it out. <laughs> what events, guys? What's good for a new what, reader? Now, what, what is... Oh, jeez. Jonesy zoned out. No. Oh, my God. It's uh, the question. <laughs> no, no, no. I think... Um, um, Ultimates Volume 1. You know, I think he event. said event. Oh jeez! First, the first one that comes to mind obviously is Civil War. That's the one everyone remembers in our generation. I think. Yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks. I would also say all the bad books by Grant Morrison. No, is, disagree. Does <laughs> <laughs> it just look like someone shot his? All dog. right, I'll get out of here. Uh, no, let's see. I mean, I love No Man's Land. Batman, No Man's Land. That, that was, was a good. fresh start in DCU. Identity Crisis. Agreed. I was going to say Identity Crisis. The only Superman Birthright. And Kingdom Come. Ooh. 
It depends birthright, what you're... Birthright is not an event, but I'm going to let it slide. Thank you. So you wouldn't for me, but that's okay. You know what, though, Nikki? It depends what you're into. And if you're on Twitter, hit me up at Farrington Says. I'll give you a detailed list of what I think. House yeah. of M? House of M, almost? Because yeah. it sets the stage. There's only 200 mutants left. Yeah. If you're trying to... You know what? Screw both of you. <laughs> I'm going to close the letters. What, what else What else we got? Uh, DC historian Mark Farrington. Next one's from a guy who calls himself... Slim loves Farrington underscore A, the mm. Voltron of podcast listeners. Wow. It's okay. My name's not in there, but it, whatever. Loves. 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 Oh, loves? Yeah. Oh. Is that my name? Josie Glosbeer? Anyway, <laughs> this guy asked, Marvel announced today that they will be releasing anthology-type books to the mass market like Barnes & Noble. Why do you guys think anthology series aren't a bigger part of the market in the U.S., and do you think that Marvel has a chance of success Excuse me, of success resurrecting the format. Yes, absolutely, I do. I think throwing anthology books on the newsstands everywhere and getting that experience of the young child grabbing the book and asking the parent to buy it and then getting into comics will absolutely work because I'm a success story. Wow, look out. How do you follow up in that answer? I don't, I don't even know. know if I could. I, I, I agree with Jonesy. There you go. Word Jonesy, for word. Uh, Jonesy has Jonesy spoken. Loves being right. com. <laughs> On the pot. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Next one, at Chris Miranda 24 Love that guy. How can you not? Hey, guys, I'm a teacher in my high school. Anime and manga club is looking to start a monthly pod or vodcast. I was wondering what software and equipment you all use. I'm currently rocking a new MacBook Pro, so we'll probably run the cast off of that. P.S. You guys are ridiculously entertaining. Hmm. I think that Thanks, also bro. was directed towards me. And not There's Mark. a shocker. Um, I'll give you two scenarios at Chris Miranda 24. Right now, I've moved everything to an iPad and a mixing board. Um, iPad 2, audio memos app, and a mix board into a, what's the brand name of this? U Control sound card. Um, previously, I used my MacBook. With Audio Hijack Pro, not GarageBand, since I did no edits, um, and the mixing board. Behringer Mixing Board, Amazon.com, check it out. Estimated retail price of all that equipment? With or without the iPad 2? Yeah. Without the iPad 2. Without the iPad 2, I would say between three and $400. Okay. You know, uh, depending on what kind of headset you want to get. Not bad. Not it's doable, you know. You can you can skimp. You could just do a kind of headset kind of deal uh, into the computer. Not recommended by me. You know, I'm kind of a kind of a podcast Hitler, as they say. Mm, as Twitter I'm, Hitler too. <laughs> pretty much, I'm just an all around nice guy. Is what I'm getting at. Uh, but it's doable. Next one directed to me. Hmm. One liner, Mark. Why do you, quote-unquote, really think those creators gave you so many freebies? Gordon B. Hmm. That's hmm. a good question. Gordon B. Jones, isn't your middle name Gordon? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. Apparently it's loves. That's a that's a very good question. You know, we, uh, it was out there on the Twitter that Mark was getting freebies while Jonesy was not. You know, he was doing. Customer. He was doing the same thing Mark was doing to these creators, and was not getting y- you know freebies. Let me jump in here real quick. I know it's addressed to Mark, but you know, I recognize the fact these artists don't make a ton of money. This is their bread and butter. How they you know pay their mortgage and put food in their kids' mouths. You know, Mark was happy enough to go take the food out of their kids' mouths to get some freebie art. But you know what? I just don't do that. Is it lonely up there on your soapbox? Yeah, but it feels good on my ass. Uh, nice. <laughs> Why do I really think, honestly, just being nice guys, I would talk to them about their work. We would talk about the industry and also casually mention that I'm on a podcast with a couple of my buddies. Right. So. Papercake.com. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pocket all of these. Some of them are actually going to find their way back to the listeners. It's not the answer I was going to give, but that's the topic for uh, an on the pot (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Next week. Maybe the return of podcast bad boy, Dale underscore A. Mm, we cannot can only wait. hope. This could be one of my favorite episodes. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it was, was a pre- good one. It was pretty snappy. Felt good. I miss Dale, though. Do we have a real. sponsor? Yeah, the sponsor is your free crap that I'm going to beat you over the face with. Love you, Mark. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for more details about July 10th 
Philadelphia Ramada. I'm telling you, live letter sounder. Let's get it going. We will see everyone next week. Thank you and good night. Last word. <laughs>